Welcome to another edition of Illinois Family Spotlight. I know I'm not one of the voices that normally greets you when you get into the podcast, but I am the one who does the introductions with when the music is playing. So my name is Jenna Smith, and I am joined today by two wonderful friends of mine, Kenna Rose, who is a contributor to IFI, and you may have seen some of her videos talking about parental notice and about why saying Merry Christmas actually matters. And I also have Alyssa with me today, who is a contributor to IFI, and we're all out of high school, fresh, ready to face the world, and we wanted to sit down and discuss what happened in Illinois with the Parental Notice of Abortion Act. It was repealed a couple months ago, and I wanted to ask you two, why is it so terrible that parental notice is now no longer a law in Illinois? Why, why, do we, why should we care? Well, I think a lot of it is teenagers don't necessarily trust their parents enough to bring up important subjects, and I think parents often aren't quite sure how to gain that trust. Mm. This isn't the way God designed it, and it's because of sin. But I do think that with the repeal of parental notice, it kind of continues to help with the destruction of the nuclear family. Oh, that's a good point. By allowing girls to continue to deceive their parents so they can murder their child. Mm -hmm. And as we've seen throughout history, strong cultures are held together by strong families. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have, especially females who are charged in scripture to nurture the next generation, if you don't have those females gaining the trust of their parents, having the trust of their parents on them. If there is no unity in the family, how can there be unity and peace in the culture? It's Mm -hmm. just not possible. It all starts and ends with the family. Coming at this from a secular point of view, we see that this isn't just a moral issue. This is a psychological issue as well. People think that abortion doesn't affect you. And it does. Not only does it murder a child, which is forbidden in scripture, it also dramatically affects the mental health of the girls who partake in that sin. Right. Um, The British Mm -hmm. Journal of Psychiatry has terrifying statistics about the effect of abortion on mental health. And I'm just going to read one because they have a bunch. Girls who get an abortion are 155% more likely to commit suicide. Wow. That's awful. And it's not surprising given that having an abortion it's not just like a medical procedure Mm -hmm. you're literally killing Mm -hmm. another person who god has caused to be grown inside you who's that's knitting the child together in that mother's womb Mm -hmm. yeah and that's why it's incredibly sad that parental notice is gone because it didn't give parents permission to stop the abortion from happening it just alerted the parents to know right they could already do this without parental permission but at least in that case parents knew about it yes and they had an opportunity to talk with their daughters and say hey we love you we love your baby we don't want you doing this right now that parental notice is gone just that eliminates that safety net because it necessarily didn't really stop the abortions from happening it didn't right Mm -hmm. right when my parents got married they had a rule that they couldn't ever keep secrets from each other because it kind of, secrets are one way that allows Satan to take a foothold. Yeah, it's a wedge. Mm-hmm. And convince you to keep other secrets. Right. Removing this act continues to allow another wedge to be driven into that parent-child relationship. Mm, right. That's really good. So now that it's gone, what are we What are we supposed to do? We're, we're all relatively young girls here. Mm-hmm. And yeah, well, I'll, I'll just ask you this. So Alyssa, if 
you found out that you were pregnant, what what would you do? Like, what is your response? Would you tell your parents? Yes. And <laughs> short answer, <laughs> yes, I would tell my parents. But that is because good families are built on the foundation of a biblical worldview. And if you have two parents exactly. who love each other and they love the <clears throat> Lord, they are. It's a natural blessing that God gives on that family. Right. And that causes you know the father to be kind and open with his children causes the mother to nurture and love her children the way that Christ has called her to love and nurture her children. And we see this a lot in scripture on fathers, you know, don't provoke your children to wrath, but mm-hmm. bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the so Lord. True. Children obey your parents in everything, but it's like where does this come from? There's a balance. Mm-hmm. Obey your parents because they are not provoking you to wrath. Yeah. Fathers don't provoke right. your children to rest so they will I mean, obey you. It is a balance that is sacred. Right. That's so right. much of the parent-child relationship really does come from having a family whose foundation is scripture, mm-hmm. who grows up with the father leading his family Christ-like, mm-hmm. yeah. in Christ-likeness. I know I trust my parents because I know they have my best interests in mind. I know mm-hmm. that if I get punished or disciplined for something it's because they care about me and they want me to grow to become more like christ that's right and you have that trust with them because they have taken the time to develop that trust with you from an early age Mm -hmm. right and that's one thing i think now that this act is gone for parents to be able to develop that trust with their children i think is another is one way to continue to have safeguards in place to ensure, well, one, that your child won't ever do it, but two, that if something does happen, they will be able to tell you and trust you enough to confide in them. That's just a wonderful point, Kenna, and it just got me thinking, well, if our parents are supposed to be proving themselves trustworthy and bring your children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, do you think that public schools would have that same interest in bringing your children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord? Um, I would highly, highly doubt that public schools want to bring your children up in the nurture and admonition <laughs> of the Lord. She just said, uh, no. <laughs> um, I mean... It was a theoretical question. I mean, if you think of what kids are getting taught in public schools, stuff that you would never want your children to know or stuff that you probably don't even know your kids are getting taught, yeah. they're not going to learn from school that they should trust their parents they're not going to learn from school that they should if anything that's just it's just they reverse it's just right, right. they're being trust learned your, your right. parents trust your own emotions your feelings you feel like a girl today well let's get you on puberty blockers the, sc- the public school system the government does not hold the family as sacred yeah because it they really they doesn't. want your children exactly Remember and the- hitler said that if you have the youth you control everything Ugh, you nazi <laughs> <laughs> But it's very true. I mean, that's when he true. Said that. And yeah. I mean, that was one way they changed Germany is they got all the kids into it and they basically said, we are raising your kids. You mm-hmm. don't get to raise your kids. Wow. And what did they do in the early 1930s? They took God out of public schools. Mm-hmm. It's, oh, it's private. You can worship, but privately. Right. Yeah. I mean, and it's part of that slow creep of mm-hmm. the government just taking more and more control. Right. I mean, and another if you hear part, pages rustling, that's that. because we have a whole. We just prepared a whole just list for you guys to listen to. Yes. We so, we turn pages here. Yes, we have notes. Yes, <laughs> both biblically and statistically. 
So, Alyssa, do you think that it's necessary then that we should have kids out of public school? Let me put it this way. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't think you could be more clear I, than that. <laughs> right. I think we really hit on these points a lot of um, the destruction that public schools do to children and... Now, there's a debate of whether, you know, homeschooling is better or a private school is better. I know you guys were homeschooled. Personally, my parents chose to put us in a private school. Mm-hmm. And obviously, there's our, mm-hmm. there are pros and cons to either way. But I think the heart of the parents that choose either homeschool or private school is the same. Yeah. Public schools are not a place where our children can get quality education that, with a biblical foundation. Right. And I was going to say, because at school, they're getting taught that, okay, well, you can have sex whenever you want yeah. and mm-hmm. there's no consequence you can just have an abortion just kill the child they're not getting they're not right. gonna be told it's a child they're just gonna say get rid of it i mean it doesn't matter mm-hmm. yeah that's what they're getting taught yeah and if you think about it the whole reason that parental notice was put in place is because children did not want to discuss with their parents what was going on in their lives mm-hmm. because you know having a relationship with somebody you know platonic or or romantic that's that's a big part of your life for me my parents they know my friends they the ins and outs of what's going on in my life the knowledge that parental notice had to be a law that you had to alert your parents on that something very personal is going on in your life. It's just hard to believe for me because I actually did have the privilege of wonderful, loving parents that mm-hmm. wanted to have a relationship with me, not just that I was just yeah. a child that they were that they were raising. They wanted me to know them. They wanted me to know the Lord. And I think that has had a dramatic impact on my life. I don't think I would be the person I am today mm-hmm. if I didn't have my mom and dad wanting to have a relationship with me. And I think you guys would say the same thing. Absolutely. Definitely would. I think what you said hits the nail on the head. They pursued a relationship with you. Right. Mm -hmm. A lot of parents today, I think you're you're kind of going into this in a little bit. A lot of parents, there is no relationship. They both parents work all the time, put their kids in childcare, go to school, go to your friend's house. And I mean, it's like two if your child's getting, they're being taught whatever this is for seven, eight hours a day, then yeah. they're coming home and they have homework based off of it, which means they're doing mm-hmm. that even when they get home. Mm-hmm. Right. And often a lot of times, and then they have sports. And so a lot of families, don't, they don't really see each other a yeah, whole it's lot. Like, there are no family dinners. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was about to say. So I, I mean, trying to form family time where you can really, I guess, get to know each other and bond it's a way to i guess put more guards or fences in place god gave us parents to protect and nurture you and bring you up in the nurture and admonition of the lord like jenna quoted earlier and especially with the way our culture is going in terms of biblical worldview Mm -hmm. having those relationships are more important than ever i mean it's only ever lost in a generation. It only ever takes a generation. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. And parental notice was just a little tiny little picket fence in the whole, mm-hmm. just the flood of that I mean, is exactly. abortion. It didn't in, even legalize it. It That's just right. made it so parents know about it. I mean, it didn't even say people could get it. Yeah, you it just made it so yeah, they a minor, knew about it. Yeah, a minor you could, could get an abortion right. with or without her parents' permission. Yeah. Right. And, and kind of what you were saying, kind of with the school stuff, kids are so impressionable in 
elementary school, middle school, high school, they are forming, and I mean this in a biblical way, they are forming their identities. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The question is, what identity do you want your child to have? Do you want your daughter to be confident in the woman that she is, that God has made her beautiful and for a purpose? Mm. Or is there going to be confusion in her gender or in her role in society? And too, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that they're not getting taught this in schools Mm -hmm. and a lot of the times it's cultural christianity which doesn't really mean much no it doesn't (laughs) (laughs) parents we know that you love your kids and we know from i guess observing our own parents it's extremely difficult Mm -hmm. to be intentional in your relationships and obviously our parents don't get it right Every single day, 100% of the time. We have a, it's Are not you like, saying that we don't have perfect parents? <laughs> that is exactly what I'm saying. And I'm not going to be a perfect parent. That's not the point. Perfection is not the point. It's just intentionality. The faith, it's the faithfulness that counts. Yeah. It, by the end of our lives, we're not going to be perfect, but we're always aspiring to mm-hmm. be like Christ, and who right. is the definition of perfection. And things aren't always going to go planned either. I mean, what is it? The Bible says the plans of the heart are from man, but the Lord establishes his steps or yes. something like yeah. that. Yeah. We know you love your children. We know you're striving. And that this is on your hearts because parents, from what I've read and seen and experienced from my own parents, that they have this love that is just built into them for all these children mm-hmm. you would lay down your lives for us that is an indescribable kind of love mm-hmm. and so this type of I mean, intention love has no one than this that a man lay down their lives for their mm-hmm. friends precisely right. we know you're willing to go to the extreme for us for anything for our our physical well-being mental well-being spiritual well-being and so having that relationship with us with your daughters with your sons it that is part of laying down your life for us is pursuing that type of relationship and sacrificing to know what is going on and we want you to do that for us pray for the parents of hong kong for the colson center i'm john stone street with the point parents educators the church and the state all play essential roles in a society but when the state goes bad it can take down all the other spheres with it for example according to a recent article in the economist a struggle is underway for the hearts and minds of hong kong's children in august the city's pro-democracy teachers union disbanded following a government crackdown which had called it a malignant tumor since then curriculum now educates children solely on the virtues of the chinese communist party speaking out against those changes could lead to life in prison. As a result, many parents have stopped talking about politics at home, fearing their young children will say the wrong thing at school. Others continue to teach their kids democratic ideas at the risk of government retaliation. And tens of thousands of residents are just leaving the city altogether. It's good that parents in Hong Kong are aware enough to be concerned. We should be just as concerned here about the ideas that can plague our children's hearts and minds. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. Yeah, I I wanted to say off of your point, Alyssa, I think it was Pastor Doug Wilson who said adulthood is just a damage control of what happened in high school. Mm. And I think that was that's a very interesting point to make because whatever gives you another way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. Can you can you say that again? Doug Wilson just just did something there. Adulthood is basically damage control of what happened in high school. Mm. So what you were saying that your identity is forming in high school, middle school, what your identity is then 
that's what it's going to be for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. And so depending on these couple crucial years of your existence, you're going to have either not not sunshine and rainbows obviously life is not about that but Mm -hmm. you would have a solid path rather than having to clear away brambles thorns Mm -hmm. trees that are just in your path because of what happened in high school with abortion especially when girls our age girls younger 15 16 even 11 and 12 yeah Yeah. that they would go through this and not their parents would just not know about this I mean, that think secret. of what that does to even an adult woman's mind. Yeah. I mean, what and an 11 and 12 year old having to by herself. It's awful. Yeah. And I think a lot of parents and I I know we're we're ragging on parents who put their that kids in. That to say we think parents are amazing. Yes, parents are great. <laughs> and, you know, my heart goes out to those who just maybe they don't live near a private school or homeschooling is just not an option not an option and my heart goes out to you parents who are struggling with that and i hear you um it is a lot of money for private school it's a lot of time for homeschool i understand that and i think a lot of parents christian parents who put their kids in private or i'm sorry in public school i think their idea is that well we're Christians, and we are told, we are commanded in Scripture. Salt and light. Salt and light wherever we go. And I'd say, yes, but. And I kind of want to reiterate this, um, that your child is so impressionable at this age. And if public school is your only option, then God is sovereign overall. But I would just encourage you to have deep conversations with your children. Relationships. Have, See what, relationship. Yes, right. Pursuing. Talk about what they're learning yes, during the day. Do biblical devotions about it. Right. Yeah. Girls, I know a lot of, <laughs> I know a lot of uh, parents are thinking right now, excuse me, I don't think you understand. I have teenagers. They're like, <laughs> right. my, my daughter does not want to hang out with me. Mm-hmm. We like hanging out with our parents. <laughs> <We're> weird. <laughs> Even if this they work. don't, yeah. no, I'm going to say, even if they may not show it, they, they'll they probably, they'll love getting breakfast with you or one just of the, doing one of something most... together. It's mm-hmm. it's sweet parent-child bonding time. Yes, and if they don't want to, I think that's where it comes in that they're not used to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, every child desires to have a close relationship. Yeah, it's exactly. with their same gender and when parent. They, yeah. Right, and when they don't, too, you can see. It hurts. It does. And they pull away from you and right. they start rebelling. So don't be discouraged, parents, if you do take your daughter or your son oh. out to do, like, breakfast together or hang out. Mini and, golf. And it, <laughs> it doesn't seem like it's going well the first time. You'll be able to build that relationship mm-hmm. over time. Yeah, it's like a marriage. You don't get married and then, oh, we don't have any work to do. You don't have children and, oh, we don't have any work to do. There still needs to be pursuit. And I think that's what we're trying to um, impart mm-hmm. today is especially the beauty right. I of mean, pursuing relationships Yeah, especially with for with that my dad has put in intentional time and effort mm. to get to know me, to have my complete trust and Same with my parents. Mm-hmm. My it's, dad. It's been the most impactful relationship I've mm-hmm. ever had. Children, be they male, female, the sons or daughters, mm-hmm. when when they're young, they're looking up to you. Like, you are their hero. Your mm-hmm. parent is the hero in the mind of the child. And when they're growing up, it doesn't necessarily change. It's just 
life is happening you know you get busy and you don't have that time anymore when they're very very young that you used to pour into because Mm -hmm. they demanded it they're not (laughs) going to be demanding attention from you know when they're getting into middle school high school or I should rephrase that they're not going to be demanding attention in the same insistent way that a toddler would Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. But the way they want to be closed off, that is a demand for attention in and of itself. It's right. a, not a demand, but a, more of a cry. A like, cry for, like, please see me. Yes. Please look at me. I mean, and I think that's the difference. Sorry, can I no, cut you off? <laughs> I, my, I was, I, mine is kind of switching gears slightly. I mean, it's the same thing. But God designed families to work a certain way. And because of sin, that way he designed families to work is broken. Mm. So we have to work to establish a family that respects, honors, and reflects Christ. The very reason, uh, not to toot our own horns here, but the, <laughs> very, the very reason that we're willing to do something like this, it reflects back on our parents that our parents, they led us this far. They mm-hmm. were the leaders. They are the ones who showed us the way. And now they're saying, go ahead, mm-hmm. keep going. That's it's, what I'm trying what I'm trying to say is that we children, especially daughters that are looking for love, they have a needy bucket. And that needy bucket <laughs> right. is is going to be consistently leaky because you just constantly need to keep mm-hmm. pouring it on to her. And yeah. that's why a relationship with her father and with her mother is so important because that needy bucket needs to be filled. Mm-hmm. And if the needy bucket's not being filled, from the male hero in her life, her father, she's going to go look for another male hero to fill that bucket and mm-hmm. it's usually going to be and in the way that's not supposed to be. Right. And then that pattern of unhealthy relationships continue. Because mm-hmm. the, the needy bucket, the needy bucket right. will and be leaky. Culture's mm-hmm. teaching, it's okay to then go have an abortion. And yeah. mm-hmm. so it kind of, it really does stem yes. cultures and societies. They're built on that nuclear family. Mm-hmm. And when that's getting destroyed, as we can see culture relentlessly attacking a biblical family. Yes. Yeah. It's going to cause many, many other things in the culture to fall. If a culture loses a biblical worldview, it's not going to stand for very long. No, that's because right. without Christ, there is chaos. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You cannot have a peaceful and ordered society with no moral standard. And that's right. where we are because at. That's where we are the moral at. There's no morality. constantly changing. Right. Mm-hmm. At first it was like, okay, homosexuality is okay and stuff like that. Oh, then we're going to move the fence post. And now it's right. transgenderism. And, and now it's pedophilia. That with abortion and yet, too. It's a you can snowball. see it started, okay, well, like just maybe in the beginning. Okay, now mm-hmm. the next like trimester. Okay, now we need to the entire out, nine months. Yeah, didn't right. it start out safe, legal, and rare? Safe, legal, and rare. And now yeah. they're like, okay, well, maybe infant side. Okay, well, what about euthanasia? Right. Yeah, past the, the, I mean, the children who are supposed going to be to aborted. Keep, yep. It's going born, to keep mm-hmm. progressing in yeah. a terrible direction. Once you get on this train, there is no stop. You can't get off. Without mm-hmm. Without God's Christ. mercy. <laughs> right. Christ, is the, Christ is the emergency break. That's right. And that is the heart of what we're trying to do here. The gospel is the only thing that can save right. our culture. Yep. And that's why, too, you want to make sure you have a strong family founded in a biblical worldview. Mm-hmm. Because right. if you bring your kids up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord through Christ, they're going to become more like him. Mm-hmm. They're going to study his word. Mm-hmm. They're going to want to learn more about him. And they're going to see that abortion is wrong. And they're going to teach that to their kids. 
I once heard it said that children are their education it's like a vacuum so if mm-hmm. the vacuum is not filled by you it's going to be filled by others their public school system will mm-hmm. their friends will the media will teenagers get a lot of information from social media yep. mm-hmm. backtracking on the biblical worldview because that's where this all comes from why is abortion wrong because God says it's murder. Exactly. That's, that's, yes. period. that's period. I mean, and we know from the scriptures that children mm-hmm. in the womb are mm-hmm. humans. A child in the womb was the first to recognize Jesus. Yes. That's right. John the Baptist. Exactly. Oh, that you. just seemed appropriate because we're filming during yeah, Christmas. Right. <laughs> I felt like I had to add that. But also in the law of Moses, if a woman was pregnant and she got into a bad situation and the baby was killed. Yeah. That person that caused the baby to be killed, though unintentional, maybe, mm-hmm. intentional, whatever. Whatnot. Yeah. They were to be put to death. And that is a clear representation of the heart of God, of the sanctity of life. It is worth protecting. If you take a baby in the womb, if you take their life, you are murdering them. Yes. And God hates the shedding of innocent blood. And what is more innocent than the blood of those who haven't yet even taken a breath? That's right. The womb is the most sacred place on earth. Right. The most safest place. And we have turned it it into a slaughterhouse. Yes. It's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. And going back on how we know the Bible talks about people being human. I mean, in Jeremiah, God tells Jeremiah that before Mm. he formed Jeremiah in the womb, he knew you. And before he was born, God consecrated him. And appointed him as a prophet to the nations. And we also know, like, God says he knit us together in our mother's womb. Yeah, Psalm 139. Mm -hmm. David praising the God. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very Mm -hmm. well. Yes, it's just... It's a beautiful psalm. Yes. So if if you have time, read it. (laughs) Go read (laughs) your Bibles. (laughs) We uh, we obviously all like that psalm. (laughs) It's like, and we know it's really hard for parents, especially nowadays with all of, like, these forces of evil gathering against them to raise their children up. In the and also everyone's world. busy, just all the time right. busy. I mean, our culture has gotten extremely busy. Our culture's gotten just move, 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 move. And so we know it's incredibly difficult for parents to do this. I mean, you really have to draw on the strength of the Lord. And by doing that, you need to be in the Word and right. reading your Bible every single day. So and we understand it's difficult, parents. Yeah. <laughs> but... By the strength of God, you can you can do everything. You right. know, take I courage, mean, be of good heart, for the he, Lord is with us. And right. by His strength, we can we will not be silenced. <laughs> I feel like I've heard that before. Yeah, well, maybe I think I it might know. be on if I YouTube. Oh channel. my God! I have, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. Just plug. <laughs> um, what else did I want to say? God designed it for you to have kids. He's made it. So that you will be able to raise your kids. That's and one of the main goals of he marriage. He has given you everything you need. Right. Yeah. And you do not by need the his state strength, to raise your children. Right. Period. By his girl. strength, you will be able to raise your kids. Right. Yes. Through him, you can. You will be able to raise kids who will grow up to love the Lord and then raise kids of their own. Yes. And even though this is taken out of context, you can do all things in Christ who strengthens you. And among that is developing intentional relationships with your kids Mm -hmm. and i personally don't know how difficult it would be because i do not yet have children of my own and but don't you think it's worth it don't don't you think Mm -hmm. that your children 
are going to be with you for the rest of your life. And you might be super duper busy with with jobs and and maybe church duties, you know, soccer practice. But But it's an amazing blessing to be able to raise children. That's Scripture says children are a blessing from the Lord. But yeah, we just want to say, take heart and be of good courage. We are on your side. We just want to encourage you guys to foster a relationship with your daughters, especially. We need older people who've gone on the walk before us that we can lean on and gain experience from. You know what? You might not be able to take material treasures to heaven, but you you can have your children with you. That's right. You can have a legacy. That's right. Of believers behind you. And carrying on the baton. What better life than to look back on your life and say, I served God to the best of my ability. I mean, I don't think there's a better thing to say than that. What does Paul say? I've run the race. I have fought the good fight. Mm -hmm. I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. That is the legacy Mm -hmm. that I want, that I want to foster in my children. Right, that I want to foster in my children, Mm -hmm. that my parents are fostering in me still. And that's that's the whole beauty of the legacy because – the, your children will see your intentional pursuit of them mm-hmm. and they'll go, I love this. I want to do this with right. my future family. And right. even if some children fall away, they will be witnesses to what you did. They may be drawn back through mm-hmm. your faithful service. Right. You can be Christ's hands and feet. And by doing that, we have to sacrifice. But what better way to die than by living. Just, That's right. Anyways. I mean, what better way to live your life than to live a life that reflects Christ through mm-hmm. sacrifice? That's right. So what would you like to say in closing, Alyssa? I would say to you parents that I think we've already said this. We are so on your side. We care about you. We know it's hard, not from firsthand experience, but watching, <laughs> obviously, but watching our yeah. parents, we know it's difficult. Um, we see the tiredness in your eyes, the frustration, the bone weariness that Mm -hmm. you guys experience. And I see you. But like Jenna was saying, we're just encouraging you today um, to foster a relationship with your children. And I know we've focused a lot on daughters, but this goes for sons as well. We need men in our society, real men. Mm -hmm. And um, so we're praying for you, parents. Mm -hmm. Just know that we are on your side, and so is the Lord. Yes. How about you, Kenna? I would say I agree with Alyssa. Our hopes through doing this is to encourage you to foster relationships with your children, like Alyssa said. And we do understand it's incredibly difficult to raise children, to follow the Lord and honor the Lord. I mean, and even as we got slightly off topic from what we were talking about, which is the repeal of parental notice, that's right. it does establish that safeguard. Mm. And... We know it's incredibly difficult, especially when we live in a world whose mission is to kind of try and eradicate the um, image of God. Right. So we're grateful, and we hope this has encouraged you. Thank you guys so much for being willing to come on to the spotlight and to all of the parents out there and to just anybody who's listening We thank you for listening and please support the work and ministry of IFI and keep on keeping on. Keep fighting the good fight and God bless you. For more information about Illinois Family Spotlight, visit ifiaction.org. And to email questions and comments, do so at feedback at ifiaction.org.